Hey, how's everyone doing? This is episode 13 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Darren Griffiths, obviously. How are you doing? This has been such a slow week, uh, news-wise, that um, I don't think this podcast is going to be a long one. It can't be. It's probably going to be really short, probably the shortest one, because I'll just be waffling for no reason if I, <laughs> if I try to extend this. Um, I, no, there's nothing's happened this week that... That I've cared about, that I've been remotely interested in. Just nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just um, a week started last Sunday. Screen Nation Awards. Um, went to that. That was good. There was lots of women there that I didn't know who they were, what they did, but they had amazing asses. So I spoke to them. Okay? Shameless. Exactly what I was talking about last week. It was an excellent networking opportunity, and I couldn't because I got distracted by booty that's what happened all right what happened <laughs> I, i'm joking i'm joking i'm being flippant there was a lot of attractive women there um but i got to speak to slim slim uk comedian an og in the game got to speak to slim um that's an absolute legend absolute legend and that's one thing about comedy is i'm I'm luckily yet to meet anyone in comedy um, who I thought was an arsehole. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great so far. Everyone I've met has always just been, hey, how you doing? Just, just I'm, I'm a normal person. Hey, how are you? And just make time for people. Um, I think, I think because we understand that the thing we do is one hard and two not that serious. So <laughs> it's like we're working hard. To not be serious. So to act like a dick to someone when what you do for a job is tell jokes. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, you ain't doing brain surgery. You know? You don't have the right to be that arrogant. And so I haven't met anyone like that. This has been great. And then and Slim was in in Sim no, not even in Slim if they probably in a in a higher order. The guy is just just really really nice really great guy um and then to met a lot of other actors and actresses and people recognized um from tv programs and stuff and yeah it was just just cool it was just cool it's a cool event um obviously i got drunk they were giving us free alcohol i had vip had a purple wristband um that didn't stop me from almost walking into the wrong bit though yeah how awkward that is I tried to make it as less awkward as possible. Just walking in, tried to walk through things. Like, what colour is your wristband? So, well, it's VIP, so it's purple. He's like, yeah, you're not allowed in this bit. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is gold wristband, don't you? I like, ah, oh, what do I get? But it's okay. Walked to a different room. There was just drinks everywhere. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can I can work with this. Um, I wonder when the red carpet pictures are coming out, because I had a red carpet pick. So... That's probably online somewhere that I just haven't bothered looking for. But, man, whatever. And then Monday, had the day off. Had to um, yeah, had to rehumanise. Played football for the first time in two weeks. On Monday, we lost 3-2. Um, that was tragic. Playing on that 4G pitch. Um, if you don't know what 4G is, like, it's that like carpet of rubber crumb in it. Um, so if you're listening... And you've got a friend who plays football and you, they always come back and end up with loads of little black like balls all over your 
living room floor or hallway. It's from this stuff. And, um, yeah, it's maybe all weather pitch. But one weather that is not good in is the dry. Because when you fall on that, Jesus Christ. My, my leg is torn to bits because some dickhead tripped me out. <laughs> no, we lost 3-2. Um, that then Tuesday, gigged. Uh, accidentally in a competition. People say it's all about the taking part. It's not about the winning, it's about the taking part. Um, but it's good to know that you're actually taking part. <laughs> I didn't know I was taking part in this competition. I was rocked up to do my gig. There's a competition on. So am I in it? He said, yes. I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. Then uh, I finished second though. Uh, I, I slightly didn't want to win because I wouldn't have been able to make the final of the competition anyway because I've got another gig. I'm going to be emceeing um, a gig. So I couldn't really let them let them down. They booked me like two months ago. So can't let them down. Then Wednesday is um, Wednesday was in this national competition, the So You Think You're Funny competition um, for new comedians. And yeah, do seven minutes of original material. And um, it was, competition was fun, but the room was flipping weird. It was a weird room. It's like not a comedy room. People getting scared because you use the word black. <laughs> Just like, or saying the word Muslim. The joke's not even about Muslims. I just said the word Muslim in one of my jokes. I could see everyone's getting tense. Just like, and it's like, they don't realise the irony of their behaviour is probably more racist and Islamophobic then my joke <laughs> it's like the fact that you think you should be scared because I've mentioned the word Muslim or mentioned a, like race or religion it's just yeah it's people just get so nervous about these things it's like it's not for political correctness gone. I'm not one of those people oh political correctness gone mad I can't can't fucking call marginalised people the nicknames I like to call them <laughs> no, no it's not that it's not that, it's that people don't even know when to use words in context. That's what's happened now. It's just like having people bumble around words that are just accepted. Like you've ever gone into a new room, right? And you go to someone, hey, uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a mic. So, okay. Like, um, which one, which one of those people down there is Mike? And they're like, um, well, he's, he, uh, he's he's tall. He's well, they're all sat down, so I can't really tell at all. Okay, um, yeah, he's um, oh, well, he's ooh, how do you describe him? Mm, uh, um, uh, um, uh, well, he's uh, he, uh, he's he's from he's from he's from London. Uh, great, they are about a hundred feet away. I can't hear their accents. Um, like which one of those people there? It's like. Uh, uh, and then just someone else shouts like, he's the black fella. Just like, oh, right. This is why you're having a mental breakdown in front of me. <laughs> it's like, just say. Just say the person's black. That's, that's not offensive. So yeah, it's a black guy. There. Bald black guy. Big bald. He's like, he looks different to everyone down there. I just hate that. When people just start, uh, uh, well, he, uh, 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 uh. I mean, it's just descriptive. It's really annoying. Like people just telling stories about their friends and race is actually pertinent to like the story. 
but they don't want to say the person's race or the person's nationality. Because, like, oh, oh, well, I, you know, I, 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 shut up. <laughs> say it. And like, I'm, more, I'm more suspicious of people who can't say those things. They just can't say just just normal descriptive things. Um, so, yeah, so it wasn't PC's got, PC gone mad. It's just, it's like, like I call it like left-wing racism. That's what it is. People just say just like just dumb shit, trying to be politically correct, but because they have such low knowledge themselves, they're so watered down that yeah, they just end up being offensive. It's annoying to me. But no, um, yeah, but I, I had a few friends there. Uh, oh shit, just remember what happened. So my at a, at a break, my friend bought a brand new beer, full pint, and this rucksack wanker. <laughs> he came walking through. You could see it happening. He knocked a beer over fully, fully just knocked it over. Oh, oh, mate, I'm like really sorry, really sorry. And in my head, I was like, I bet you're not sorry enough to buy him another drink. And he's like, really sorry, really, really sorry. And then he just sat down and just looked straight. You know, when someone knows that you're looking at them, so they're looking so straight, so you. Like, I hope you stop looking at that. That's this what he was doing, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know, if you see like an old person fall over, it's like, I don't want to laugh, uh, but I'm too far to help them. So I'm just going to stare straight. I feel like looking at it exacerbates the problem. So I'm just going to stare straight. This is what this guy was doing. Not only did he spill this beer the whole pint, not only did he not even remotely hint at reimbursing my friend, he spilt the beer all over this pregnant woman. Didn't even apologise to her. This guy is just like a grade A prick. <laughs> like, grade A prick. He's probably one of those left-wing racists that I'm talking about. Type guy says, I can't be racist. Uh, I have a black friend. He's like, listen, dude. The freshen up guy in the toilet isn't one of your friends. Because he said no splash, no gas to you. He ain't your friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right bro all right buddy hey what's happening walk on hey walk on guys it's like um one i'm from flipping uganda so why are you talking to me like that but <laughs> oh dear freshen up guy i do love those dudes though see now i'm going off on a tangent now it's cooking now the podcast is cooking i'm going on tangents about freshen up dudes um, yeah, I remember my shock. I went to a gay club once. Um, when I was 18, I was at uni. Seven pound entry, all you could drink. So I had to overcome my then homophobia for my, uh, my love of alcohol. Because <laughs> I'll say I was, I was homophobic then. Yeah, I will. I was, I'll say that quite openly that I was when I was 18. And I was ignorant. That's all. That's why a lot of people are racist or sexist or homophobic or xenophobic it's just ignorance you just don't meet people from that group and you just make up shit about them and, that, and that's exactly what it was I'm, I'm willing to say that personal development I'm not homophobic now but I was then I didn't think I was then it's only now I look back and I think and that's yeah you, you were mate you weren't ready for <laughs> you weren't ready for that <laughs> no and um, I just remember my shock of seeing a freshen up guy in there. It's in the men's toilet. 
And that was a fun thing as well. Like, when I look back, all these things are funny now. I remember queuing up for the guy's toilet and being in a queue for friggin' ages. And that was like a novelty. Having the queue for the toilet, I was like, wow. Having the queue, it's amazing. Um, and then I remember looking down at the front of the queue and realised the urinal was empty. So I kind of walked past everyone in the queue and I was like, okay, what's going on? Um, just kind of used the toilet. They used the urinal. And then I saw one of the cubicle doors open out, three guys piled out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what people queued up for. They had their own little private VIP party in the cubicle. <laughs> so, yeah. And then that's when I turned around. I was, I was 18, so I was shot. I was like, oh, I need to get out of here. And, uh, yeah, and then I saw the freshen up guy. I was like, oh, you guys are literally everywhere. And I was thinking, what are your rhymes? I said, like, do you have to adapt your rhymes? Because it's all very misogynistic, you know, the, the rhymes. No splash, no gash. Spray the Armani for the Punani. No Davidov, no Sakiyov. <laughs> no spray, no lay. Actually, I think that was it. Oh, no. I remember. Actually, it just came back to me. It was the cha-cha slide was playing in the background. And it, you've got to freshen up. You've got to freshen up. You've got to freshen <laughs> That's what he was singing. I remember it now. And, um, yeah, that was... That was fun. That was yeah. There's more to that story of being in the gay club when, when I was younger. It was just it was just hilarious. Now it was hilarious. At the time, it was traumatizing and scary. Um, but it was I think it was a cool life experience. Um, because yeah, it just I I went there and I thought, right, I'm never returning to somewhere like this ever again. I I, I don't need I don't need this in my life. Um. And then I think I did return to a gay club maybe three years later. I was, oh no, after uni, when I finished uni, accidentally stumbled across a gay club. You don't believe me? It's this story. It's quite obvious that it's a gay club in hindsight. <laughs> Let me tell you. So it was in the summer between finishing uni and starting work and me and, me and the boys and one girl mate, we was all playing football in uh, Green Park. He's like, let's find somewhere for a drink. And he goes over for a drink. And um, he's like, where to go? He's like, oh, this place says it's got uh, live performances and music, like 90s, 90s pop and, and R&B. He's like, okay, that sounds cool. Um, free entry, cheap drinks. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. So we're walking. He's like, what's the address? And we just put the postcode in. And that's it. So we get off the train. And walk in, and we all realise we're in Soho. We're in Soho. It's like, all right, cool. And then we see the club. It's Q Club we went to. And then we see the rainbow flag. So we're at this time, I'm 22 now. See the, uh, the rainbow flag. We're like, hmm. I think this is a, I'm pretty sure it's a gay club. Now, at this point, I'd been through enough experiences now where my homophobia was complete not completely subsided but it was very close to being eradicated very close there was a tiny bit just still lingering there and 
there's yeah, so six guys and one girl. And because I saw the two of the guys just didn't care at all. Three of the guys were like, well, we'll, we'll have to try and bomb me. He's like, uh, guys, I've I've seen you. Women aren't attracted to you. Guys aren't either. <laughs> it's cool. You're safe. It's fine. And because I saw how uncomfortable they were, I was like, I feel more comfortable. So when we were queuing up, we had we had we were in shorts, football socks. We, had, we actually had the football with us. So the guy at the door was like, oh, guys, do you know what kind of club this is? And he was like, yeah. He's like, do you have a problem with that? And we was like, no. Do you have a problem? And he's like, no. I was like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> are you sure? So we went in there. And um, as soon as we went downstairs, the guys had the bar had like um, silver shimmering hot pads and glitter on their chests. <laughs> and the three guys who were most uncomfortable was like, ah, fuck this. No, no, go in. It was like, guys, come on, come on, let's, just, let's get a drink. And he's like, right, okay, for like three pints of this. They're like, we don't do pints. I just burst out laughing. like, oh, yeah, of course you don't. Fine. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll just have um, a bottle of whatever beer you got. It was fine. We was in there. And it was just my three uncomfortable mates, backs against the wall. That's it. Backs against the wall. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. It's like, look at you. Just look at yourselves. Um, and I think it was their discomfort that made it was like a, a mirror of what I would have been like before. And I was like, yeah, that's, and that, that kind of squashed that last bit out. And that's why I was like, eh, oh, it, it, that's just, that is a ridiculous mindset to have. And what was funny that night is I remember I was talking to this girl in there and uh, then I asked for her number. She's like, but why do you want my number? Aren't you gay? I was like, no, I'm not gay. And she's like, oh, what are you doing here then? I was like, well, are you gay? She's like, no. I was like, so what are you doing here? She's like, good point. So my number's 07. <laughs> uh, that's how that went. Um, but what, what was I talking about? Uh, well, I went off the tangent. Oh, that's it. I was talking about my gig on Wednesday. So, yeah, it was a weird room. Um but I think the gig went well. I won't find out to July whether I go through or not. If I go through, we end up going to Edinburgh, which would be fun. It'd be fun. Never been to Edinburgh before, so that'd be cool. Um, it's kind of like a comedian's rite of passage. Go to Edinburgh Fringe. Everyone asks me, "Is this some year you coming to Edinburgh? You going to Edinburgh?" It's like nine. No, nah, not really. I'm not going. So um, it'll be good to have a reason to go up there. Um, but I'll probably definitely go next year and actually try and do my own run of shows. But this year, no. Still just finding out the game. Getting my name out there in London. But, uh, yeah, that was that. Thursday, went to see um, Travis J do his one-man show uh, called Seriously Joking. I think it's 14th of June. He's doing a screening at Rich Mix in Shoreditch. So, if you're about, check that out. Um, follow him on all social media. I think it's Travis J Ent. Like, it's short for entertainment. That's always all his social media. He'll, he'll be posting stuff in there. But he did an hour special. Uh, and from two perspectives, from a from a fan perspective, thoroughly entertaining, very funny. That's the key word you want to hear when you're a comedian. Funny. Funny. 
It was very, very funny. Um, from a comedian perspective, it's like, Jesus Christ. It was such high energy. So high energy. He probably had about two uh, low energy points. Not through, like, lack of skill or whatever like that. I mean, as in, he slowed it down for maybe two parts of that whole hour. The rest was just high energy. Just joke, 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 joke. Short setup, joke, joke, joke. So yeah, it was it was fantastic to see. His mum was there, his dad, friends, other comedians were there. Um it was good, it was just a good support and it's good to see just someone do it. And yeah, it's fantastic. Inspirational. Inspirational. Makes me need to get on my grind. I've got twenty minute shows coming up. Um but yeah, hour. That's that's the aim, to build up an hour. Um just keep on just churning jokes out, keep churning them out. So that was good on Thursday. Uh, in the YouTube space, and then Friday, I what do I do? Oh, I've met friends, just played darts, and um, yeah, that got racial quickly. <laughs> no, it was all messed around. It just ended up being um, as me of Jamaican descent, my friend of Ghanaian descent, and another friend who is of Sri Lankan descent, and then we had three. Three of our friends who are—I've actually I've see I've ignorantly just assumed they're all English in of descent, but one's Morgan, so maybe Welsh. But uh, it was actually six individuals playing against each other, uh, but the drinks flowed, and I do believe it was my Sri Lanka friend who said we can't let these white boys win. <laughs> and then they were just like, "What the fuck? How have you made this racial? It's darts. We're not even on teams." Uh, that's how that started. By the end, it was, whoa, white boys won. <laughs> we, made, we made a new hashtag, white boys got this. And it, it was fun. But this is what I was saying, back to my point about the Wednesday night show, is that's what your attitude's got to be like to race. That will make me feel like you're not racist if you are cultural enough to have a joke about it. Because I can tell. I can tell when someone's being malicious. Um, I can tell when something... Because a joke... If a joke's funny, it's funny. But I can tell when someone's being malicious. I can tell when someone knows that they're being tongue-in-cheek and they know which word is the wrong word, so they're using that word on purpose. That, that kind of irony, that comedic irony they're doing. I get that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was the joke. The whole joke was that it's an individual game yeah, we made it into, we somehow managed to racially divide all the individual players. <laughs> and yeah, it was just funny. The infighting of <laughs> two of my mates is like, what? Like, I thought we were, I thought we were team white guys. Were you, why are you helping him out? <laughs> um, yeah, and it was, it was, like I said, that's how, that's how people should be. We should be open. We should be honest about our differences and embrace differences and actually have open, honest conversations about them. And then we can actually solve some bullshit that happens in this world rather than burying our heads and pretending that everything's kumbaya and fine. When it clearly isn't. It's kind of a massive shit show out there. Um, but yeah, look, I said the podcast going to be short. That is the podcast. Um, end up being 23 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's still recording. All right, brilliant. Everyone, um... Yeah, that's it. 
I'll catch you all next week. And yeah, bye.